Hey y'all, welcome back as we start a new trail in our um, hike through the Bible. And we're going to go ahead and head on over to First and Second Kings. At the end of James, James gave a few references. Um, and one of them was to how Elijah prayed and the power that was within his prayer when he earnestly sought after God and prayed intently to God and I just wanted to take a look at that and we do find Elijah in 1st Kings 17 through 2nd Kings 13 we have Elijah and Elisha who were really great prophets of their day and um 1st Kings chapters 1 through 11 we're going to see the story of Solomon and everything else is kind of like a whole lot of craziness and at times you really want to just shout out come on people get your act together here but we'll journey through it regardless together and first and second kings are um, they're historical books and they start at the end of david's life and continue through to the babylonian exile and they split first and second kings into two separate books because of the length of the scrolls because they were just so long so they ended up splitting them into two books and um, we do see the revelation that God did mean what he said when he said that blessings follow obedience and curses follow disobedience and we see that in several examples throughout the books um, when he had that initial covenant um, over time the covenants with us has has changed as God has brought forth Jesus as our savior to atone for our sins but in this time there was heavy um heavy weight put on the covenants of God and obeying God's covenants and we still have a desire to obey God's covenants if we are living by the Holy Spirit because he guides us in that righteous living and righteous walk if we're following the spirit and God's will for our lives um, a little bit of a background too in Deuteronomy 17, it, they list out guidelines. Uh, Moses says specific guidelines and sets out specific rules for kings to live by. And back in Deuteronomy time, kings weren't even thought of back then. It was just guidelines that Moses knew would needed to be set out for the future. And it's interesting as we see Solomon living, whether or not he follows these guidelines set out by Moses or not. Um, and we know that Israel is called to be a light to all the nations. God loves the people of Israel and they're his people, just like we're his people. And we'll see a kingdom split where the people of Israel split into two separate kingdoms, the north being remaining as the name Israel and the south split out as Judah. And we'll, we'll see um, David's legacy in whether it's followed or not through these kings throughout the scriptures. And we'll also see prophets weaving in and out of the scriptures. And in the Hebrew scriptures, former prophets, they weaved in and out of the scriptures. And it does help for future studying when we get to the books of the prophets in our journey through the Bible. And when we start reading here in chapter 1, and as we make our way through chapters 1 through 11, we see that Solomon truly did love God with all his heart, but he was certainly not perfect. And um, we'll see as he starts to make mistakes and rebellion rises, that that ultimately does lead to the split in these kingdoms. So let's go ahead and explore the story of Solomon in chapter 1 of First Kings, verse 1. 
It says, King David was now very old, and no matter how many blankets covered him, he could not keep warm. I don't know about any of you all, but I can relate to that. I get cold very easily, and it feels like it's impossible to warm up. In verse 2, he says, So his advisors told him, Let us find a young virgin to wait on you and look after you, my lord. She will lie in your arms and help keep you warm. So they searched throughout the land of Israel for a beautiful girl, and they found Abishag from Shunem, and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful, and she looked after the king and took care of him, but the king had no sexual relations with her. About that time, David's son Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, began boasting. I will make myself king, he says. So he provided himself with chariots and charioteers and rescued 50 men and recruited 50 men to run in front of him. Now his father, King David, so this is one of King David's sons here, trying to steal the throne for himself. Um, Verse 6, now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, why are you doing that, Adonijah? He had his son had been born next after Absalom, and he was very handsome. So this is basically a hottie toddy son of King David who had never been disciplined and is a little unruly the way it looks here. In verse seven, hottie toddy son took Joab son of Jerai and Abathar the priest into his confidence, and they agreed to help him become king. So now he's recruiting people. In verse 8, but Zodak the priest, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, so there we have a prophet weaved in here, Shemai, Re, and David's personal bodyguard refused to support Adonijah. So here he was able to successfully turn some of David's men against him, but some of David's men also refused and stood by King David. In verse 9, Adonijah went to the stone of Zoeleth near the spring of Enrogel, where he sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves. He invited all his brothers, the other sons of King David, and all the royal officials of Judah. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, or Benaniah, or the king's bodyguard, or his brother Solomon. So basically, he's throwing his own coronation party here. In saying, I'm going to be a king, let's have a party. But he's only inviting the people that he chooses, and he's not inviting the people that are remaining loyal to King David. In verse 11, he says, Then Nathan went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, and asked her, Haven't you heard that Haggis' son Adonijah has made himself king? And our Lord David doesn't even know about it. If you want to save your own life, and the life of your son Solomon, follow my advice. Go at once to King David and say to him, My lord the king, didn't you vow and say to me, Your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne? Why then has Adonijah become king? And while you are still talking with him, I will come and confirm everything that you have said. So Bathsheba went into the king's bedroom. He was very old now, and Abishag was taking care of him. Bathsheba bowed down before the king. What can I do for you? he asked her. 
She replied, My lord, you made a vow before the Lord your God when you said to me, Your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne. But instead, Adonijah has made himself king, and my lord, the king does not even know about it. He has sacrificed many cattle, fattened calves, sheep, and he has invited all the king's sons to attend the celebration. He also invited Abathar, the priest, and Joab, the commander of the army. But he did not invite your servant Solomon. And now, my lord, the king, all Israel is waiting for you to announce who will become king after you. If you do not act, my son Solomon and I will be treated as criminals as soon as my lord king has died. So basically, she's, she's presenting the situation to King David and saying, hey, look, this is what's going on. You need to do something about it. In verse 22, while she was still speaking with, king, with the king, Nathan the prophet arrived. The king's officials told him, Nathan the prophet is here to see you. Nathan went in and bowed before the king with his face to the ground, and Nathan asked the Lord the king, Have you decided that Adonijah will be the next king, and that he will sit on your throne? Today he has sacrificed many cattle, fattened calves, and sheep, and he has invited all the king's sons to attend the celebration. He also invited the commanders of the army and Abathar the priest. They are feasting and drinking with him and shouting, Long live King Adonijah! But he did not invite me or Zodak, the priest of Benaiah, or your servant Solomon. Has my lord the king really done this without letting any of his officials know who should be the next king? King David responded, Call Belsheba. So she came back in and stood before the king, and the king repeated his vow. As surely as the Lord lives, who has rescued me from every danger, your son Solomon will be the next king and will sit on my throne this very day, just as I vowed to you before the Lord, the God of Israel. Then Bathsheba bowed down with her face to the ground before the king and exclaimed, May my Lord King David live forever. And that part is true because we know that Jesus lives forever because Jesus is eternal. And Jesus came from the bloodline of David through Mary. Um, in verse 32, Then King David ordered, Call Zodak the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada. And when they came into the king's presence, the king said to them, Take Solomon and my officials down to Gihon Spring. Solomon is to ride on my own mule. There Zodak the priest and Nathan the prophet are to anoint him king over Israel. Blow the ram's horn and shout, Long live King Solomon. Then escort him back here and he will sit on my throne. He will succeed me as king, for I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Amen, Benaiah son of Jehoiada replied. May the Lord, the God of my Lord and king, decree that it happen. And may the Lord be with Solomon as he has been with you, my lord the king, and may he make Solomon reign even greater than you. So Zodak the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, and the king's bodyguard, they took Solomon down to the Gihon spring, with Solomon riding on King David's own mule. There Zodak the priest took the flask of olive oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon with the oil. 
Then they sounded the ram's horn, and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon! And all the people followed Solomon into Jerusalem, playing flutes and shouting for joy. The celebration was so joyous and noisy that the earth shook with the sound. Adonijah and his guests heard the celebrating and shouting just as they were finishing their banquet. When Joab heard the sound of the ram's horn, he asked, What is going on? Why is the city in such an uproar? And while he was speaking, Jonathan, son of Abathar, the priest, arrived. Come in, Adonai said to him, for you are a good man, you must have good news. Not at all, Jonathan replied. Our lord, King David, has just declared Solomon king. The king sent him down to Gihon Spring with Zodak the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Bethaniah the son of Jehoiada, protected by the king's bodyguard. They had him ride on the king's own mule, and Zodak and Nathan have anointed him at Gihon Spring as the new king. They have just returned, and the whole city is celebrating and rejoicing. That's what all this noise is about. What's more, Solomon is now sitting on the royal throne as king. And all the royal officials have gone to King David and congratulated him, saying, May your God make Solomon's fame even greater than your own, and may Solomon's reign be even greater than yours. Then the king bowed his head in worship as he lay in his bed, and he said, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who today has chosen a successor to sit on my throne while I am still alive to see it. Then all of all of Adonai's guests jumped up in panic from the banquet table and quickly scattered. Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, so he rushed to the sacred tent and grabbed on to the horns of the altar. Word soon reached Solomon that Adonijah had seized the horns of the altar in fear and that he was pleading, Let King Solomon swear today that he will not kill me. So he knew he did wrong, and he was anticipating some punishment for his wrongdoing and his wrong choices. In verse 52, Solomon replied, If he proves himself to be loyal, not a hair on his head will be touched. But if he makes trouble, he will die. So King Solomon knew that this young lad was unruly and would likely mess up. So he made a decree right away, like, the choice is his. Be good and live, or be bad and die. In verse 53, So King Solomon summoned Adonijah, and they brought him down from the altar. He came and bowed respectfully before King Solomon, who dismissed him, saying, Go on home. So that is the introduction of how King Solomon came to be the king over Israel and Judah. And we'll continue on his journey and see how he is as king. We know that he loves God with all his heart. um, And we know that David anointed him and God called him to be king. So we'll go ahead and see how he does in his role as kingship as we continue down our journey through the book of 1 Kings. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day.